Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This is Maya Moore, and you're listening to Dishin' and Swishin'. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's Dishin' and Swishin' podcast, and we finally have reached the WNBA Finals. And uh, it's time to break it down a little bit of roundtable style, only this time I've got a really special treat for you. Instead of bringing in some of the journalists or some of the coaches like we've done in the past, I've got two of the best players in WNBA that have faced both of these teams and are ready to break this down for us and discuss what's going on with them in the past season as well. So first, uh, let me welcome Jane Appel Marinelli. Jane, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, congratulations, Jane, on wrapping up what was a fun WNBA career to watch. I know that. And, uh, you know, only the best as you go forward, and we're looking forward to great things from you in the future. Thank you so much. And it is a pleasure to welcome Misty Bass. Recently from the Phoenix Mercury, we don't know what the future will bring there, other than we know that the Indiana Hoosiers are now welcoming Misty to their coaching staff this year. So, Misty, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Now, Misty, now my daughter does go to Ohio State, so you do realize that after this podcast, we can no longer speak to each other. Yes, we can. We, you know, it's all about sports. You know, we got to have a, a healthy, a healthy relationship, a healthy rivalry. But at least we're both red, right? That's it, exactly. You know, go Big Ten. Forget about that Cardinal and Pac-12 stuff. <laughs> so, so we're looking at the matchup that most people thought when they heard the new playoff setup we would see. It would be the Los Angeles Sparks and the Minnesota Lynx, two teams that have had phenomenal season. Minnesota twenty-eight and six in the regular season, LA twenty-six and eight in the regular season. Uh, you know, Misty, starting with you, first of all, are, are, does any of it surprise you that either of these teams have played the way they did this season or made it to this point? Not at all. Um, I think what L.A. did during the off season and getting the pieces that they really needed um, was tremendously helpful for them. Uh, getting Essence Carson was huge for them. Uh, I mean, they are really strong from number one to the last one on the bench. They've got phenomenal players, phenomenal European players. I mean, they really have a lot of experience on that team. So I'm actually, I wouldn't say surprised, but I just really enjoy what Brian Agler did with that team this year. And Minnesota is just consistently good all the time, so that's not surprising at all. You know, Jane, when we look at this day and age with people being, you know, free agent is still, you know, limited, of course, but there is some movement and there are trades and stuff. You look at the culture that Minnesota has created there with their front office and with keeping Cheryl and Jim Pete and Shelly Patterson as coaches. You know, it's pretty, you know, to me it's pretty amazing that the team has just, you know, got this set up where they just keep rolling year after year. Sure. You know, I mean, absolutely. And I think the Misses are that, the best of saying they just stay consistent and they keep adding pieces, you know, this offseason. Um, you know, although it broke my heart for them to take Gia to their side, uh, you know, I think she was a huge addition for them. And uh, seeing Natasha Howard really come out and um, kind of have a, a breakout season and, you know, coming off the bench and being a, 
a threat that you really have to worry about. Um, that makes them even stronger. And just, you know, I think it's going to be a really, really competitive series between the two teams because both are very strong, you know, position 1 through 12. Well, since we've got two posts, let's start with the post. You know, inside, you, you know, you, you look and you see, you know, NECA and Candace have played phenomenal for Los Angeles and have really turned it, Candace in particular has really turned it up higher come postseason now. You know, in Minnesota, you know, you've got Brunson and Fowles as the, try to counterbalance them. They, they don't have the same offensive firepower, but they certainly have the defensive credentials for that. Now, Jane, tell me what it's like trying to defend uh, against someone like Sylvia Fowles and trying to score against somebody with her shot-blocking ability, and then Brunson with the physicality that she plays with as well. I mean, it's just one or the other. <laughs> You're just kind of taking them on. And, um, you know, for you know, for a player like me, it was always uh, – I, I wasn't going to be quicker, and I sure wasn't going to out-jump either one of them. So uh, I kind of had to try and be stronger and play the space game where you're always trying to – um, gain an extra foot and make them be, you know, make them take their shot or make their move from a foot outside of where they're usually comfortable at, um, which requires a lot of early work. So um, I think when you're facing those two, it's doing the early work and then obviously keeping them off of the boards is uh, extremely important for that for that team. Is you have to limit them to one shot. Um, you, it's just gonna be tough if you don't. Well, they averaged 35, they've averaged 35 rebounds in the playoffs, 35.3. Uh, I'm sorry, they've averaged 34.5. LA has averaged 35.3. So something's going to give somewhere there. You know, some, mm-hmm. somebody's not going to be able to get them all. Misty, the, the big thing with, I guess with LA when you look at them has to be the mobility of those two posts of NECA and Candace. And, and how, how do you play against that type of offensive firepower coming from those two positions and their ability to work with each other? Well, I know from our game plan, you know, playing L.A., it was always to make sure that we cut them off uh, and made them play half court. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they're a run-and-gun team. They're ones that are going to, you know, bring uh, Christy off of screens, and Christy's just amazing at the pocket passes. And when you're going, you know, you're trying to guard a team that's going downhill, it's really difficult, especially when Candace, you know, is always getting the rebound and then she's bringing it up the court herself. It's just, it's a very tough guard. So for us, it was always cut them off from doing transition. So I think with that, if they can, if Minnesota can stop their transition, then you're really going to have to worry about the rotation, which is Jantel Lavender. You haven't spoke about her, but she is huge coming off the bench. She's naturally a starter anywhere else in the league. Um, she just recently, not this last game, but I think two games ago, she went 10 for 11 off the bench in, I think, 20 minutes. That is amazing. So she, they've got some serious firepower on the bench, like I said before. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna beat an LA team, you're gonna have to cut one of the heads off. Because if you've got all three, which is, you know, Candace, Nika, and Christy doing their thing, it's going to be a tough, tough series for Minnesota. Well, you've given me all kinds of places to go with that, but before we before we move into another direction, I want to talk to Jane a second about Nika. Now, I will be the first to admit that I've always been a, a fan of her game, love the intensity that she plays, and 
by extension, you know, Chennai the same way. But having played with her, you've played with that engine and that motor, but has the way that she has developed into the inside-outside talent and the ability that she has shown to be so damaging from everywhere, is that something that you could you saw when you were at Stanford that she could be she could do this? I mean, it's a, it surprised me the way that she even raised her game this year to the level that she did. You know, I mean, the first word that comes to my head when I think of NECA is just a workhorse. You know, she's she was given this amazing athletic ability. Um, you know, and a lot of athletes in our league are given that ability naturally. Um, but to really work on her craft, and I mean, every day overseas, uh, in the States, finding any little way or technique to really improve her game, um, she's going to go and work at it. And that's just, you know, that's the way her entire family is. I, I, I'm pretty positive her mom still goes out every morning and, like, runs miles in the morning. I remember hearing that in college, and I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, it's just, it's a part of their, it's, it's a part of their family's blood. Of, you know, they just go out and they just, they work their tail off. So um, my hat's off to her for really improving every season and adding something to her game every season. Okay, so now Misty brought up Jantel. So let, let's move on to the rest of the front court there. We'll skip uh, Maya for a second, and we'll get back to, to Maya and with the wings and the and the guards because she's been playing more that way. But, you know, as you mentioned, Jantel is, you know, a starter anywhere else. And when I had Brian on the podcast, he made a point of emphasizing how key it was to that team that she was able to accept her role and come off the bench this year. But then you look at Minnesota's side, you know, we I believe we're going to see Janelle McCarville back, who may be the best passing, passing center still going around, going uh, now with Jane out of the league now. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll give it to, to Janelle now. And then, as you mentioned, Natasha Howard. So they come off the bench with these posts too, both teams. And the depth, depth is so key when you get into a short series like this. Misty, elaborate on what you're saying about Jantel. Uh, she is just one of those players. You know, people I don't think realize four years in college, four Big Ten MVPs. You know, she, she's a tremendous player, dominates overseas. You know, yet here, you know, she's willing to accept her role. Well, in 2014, when Phoenix won the championship, we learned exactly what she is displaying, is that it's really, really important to put ego aside and to do what's best for the team, whether you agree with it or not. And that's a a characteristic of a phenomenal team. And what she has been able to show and move through and still be able to do her job, regardless of maybe how she feels, um, it's working out for the team's benefit, and she is shining in that area. And, you know, if they won a championship, it wouldn't surprise me because they are a well-oiled machine, just like Minnesota is. So Jantel has just, like I said, she's shown bright. Whenever her name, her number is called, she produces. She goes out there in whatever minutes she has, and she's always doing something. I know most of her time that she plays, she's always in the plus when it comes to uh, um, the evaluation points at the end of the game, and that says a lot for her. Uh, Jane, in a short series like this, how important is it going to be for those bench players to come in, especially for the posts and with the way <laughs> that the league – well, I'll, I'll say it now, the way that some of these foul calls have been made in these series mm-hmm. – uh, 
how important is it for the for those bigs to be able to stay fresh and be able to come in and, and really contribute, not just hold down the fort when they come off the bench, the uh, posts? It's going to be vital. You know, there, it's it's go time. Like you said, it's the final games, and um, you can't just come in and expect to keep it even and kind of hold down the fort, you know, for those four minutes. Um, you have to come in and produce, and that's both ends of the court, you know, offensively, um you know, and it could be little things. It could be you're coming in and setting some nasty screens or coming in and you're making sure, you know, Sylvie doesn't get the rebound or Neki doesn't get the rebound. You might not get it yourself, um, but those little details are what is going to win either team or championship. So then as we move on, you know, so we don't do – we could easily break this down for a full day, but we don't want to do, do <laughs> that. So let's talk about let's, – let's go to the wings. We've got Maya Moore, of course, is – one of the best players in the WNBA, Elena Beard, one of the best defenders in the WNBA, should be a, a, quite a matchup to be right when they're there. And then also, you know, we'll include the guards in this point at this point. And you know, you mentioned Christie earlier, and Christie is going to be key, I think, with her ability to shoot those three pointers because Minnesota just comes in waves with. Way and Simone and then Gia, as you mentioned, coming off the bench now, and Renee Montgomery. You know, Chelsea Gray's been a nice nice addition, but Christie is going to have to do an awful lot of work back there, and uh, I think that's going to be, be key. Uh, Misty, how? just talk for a second. What is it like when Christie comes off of those screens after you've been working hard playing defense and she nails that three-pointer? What, what, what is the feeling? I can tell you, we get yelled at so much as post players to not for not being at the point of the screen. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those really tough guards because if you're too aggressive on Christie, then she's got that little you know bounce pass to the post, and then you got to rely on your help side defense and rotation. And then if you aren't aggressive enough, then Christie doesn't need much of uh, light of day to shoot the three and, and have a wide open shot. So that's going to be one of those areas where if she's hitting during the series, it's going to be tough for Minnesota because when you're shooting a high-percentage shot, because that is a high-percentage shot for Christy, um, it's going to be tough. But, you know, they between Minnesota and L.A., it's going to be very interesting to see um, the shooting percentages because I think that's going to be one of the, the main factors of who wins these games. You know, one of the, you know, of course, the other person that I, I omitted accidentally is Essence Carson has come in and helped change the defensive mentality of the LA team. With her and Elena mm-hmm. playing uh, defense, that's something that, you know, for years the Sparks uh, had that reputation of not being a real strong defensive team. Uh, Jane, if you are Brian Agler and you're lining up these teams, you got Beard, you got Carson, you know, what do you do with Maya? I mean, she can handle like a guard, she, can rebound like a post. She can hit shots from anywhere on the floor. How do you try and play against somebody like Maya Moore? I mean, you know, Maya's going to get her points. Um, you just have to make them difficult to get. I think that's the key thing is every catch she has to be uncomfortable in. Um, there can't be any transition runouts uh, where she's, you know, spotting up and she's not the first player you're finding down the floor. Um, you just have to make her extremely uncomfortable and really work um, on both ends of the court. I think that also plays into it. I think if you make her work defensively, then um, 
you know, that fatigue factor starts to play in a little bit. So uh, you just got to make it difficult and understand, like, if she hits a tough shot, okay, and move on to the next play and make the next one even tougher. You know, one of the things that was interesting I saw in checking out stats and all of this, looking at numbers, you know, they, numbers always look like half the story because if you look, you know, Parker and NECA combined average 43 points a game. But if you looked at Minnesota for the for, for the their last series, you know, my average 25 points a game, but nobody else was above 15. And, uh, you know, they're, they shot 52% from the floor. They just were lights out. Uh, Misty, uh, talk for a sec about, if you could, about the problems that Lindsay Whalen causes when she drives into the lane and, and creates contact like she does. Uh, and Lord knows she creates contact. And I will say, by the way, that was a foul on her. Uh, on that <laughs> play where she, <laughs> yeah, you know which play I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Lindsay is really crafty. I mean, she is crafty. She may not be the fastest point guard in the league, but she knows how to get it done. And, you know, she's very, obviously everybody knows she's very strong going to the right, but just her, her body mass and how, how strong she is with it, um, it makes it difficult because she is going to require somebody to help. And she's just really good at, at the pass, or she's great with finishing with contact. And, for a team like L.A., you know, they do protect the paint really well. But she has the ability to get the ball where it needs, you know, to be and get those wide-open shots for the guards or, you know, like Natasha Howard cutting down in the middle of the lane, a little dish pass, you know, that just, I mean, that killed us. So I know that's one of their strong points. You know, the benches, as we started to talk about earlier, though, being so important, now, when you look at the backcourts, and, you know, Chelsea Gray has come out of nowhere uh, in the last part of the season and then in these playoffs to become such a vital part of the L.A. rotation. Uh, she also, she what's interesting to me about her is the way, I see a lot of Lindsay Whalen's style in Chelsea Gray and the fact that she knows how to use her body. She penetrates, she she throws that floater as opposed to, Lindsay likes to try and draw the contact, but, you know, when Chelsea Gray comes in, that's going to be a physical matchup as well. Uh, Jane, so, you know, you got the Europeans, you've got Dabovic, you got Gray, you know, coming off the bench there, and then, of course, the rest of the rotation being, you know, Beard and Carson and stuff. Talk for a second about the difference that you saw in L.A. this year with them playing a little bit more defensive-minded, buying into Brian's system and things like that. Yeah, I think it just completed their team. And um, it kind of it, – it, they have the players, I think, that bought into the system, and uh, that makes a huge difference of, you know, players like John Tell who are willing to come off the bench even though she knows she could start anywhere. And um, by, defense is a will. It's a, how hard you want to work and – um, having those players buy into a system and make it really defensively um, a sound team is uh, something that you kind of have to give credit to the coach for and um, also credit to the mentality of the players. You know, that's, it's it's definitely not an easy thing to come in and say, like, I'm going to do the dirty work on defense. So, you know, that's the reason that they're playing in the finals. You know, Misty, you've played for several different coaches over the years. You know, Jane, you've pretty much stayed with Dan the whole time. 
so talk for a second, Misty, if you could, about what these two coaches bring to the table. You already mentioned how Brian has done a great job getting them to believe in his system and bringing in the right pieces and such. But, and Cheryl, though, has just been amazing. And, you know, I thought she was coach of the year this year just for the way, even, if, even the way they managed to sit and rest players down the stretch and not lose any momentum. Uh, you know, just It seems like she always has the pulse of the team, you know, just norm, never takes her foot off the throttle. They could be up by 20, and she's still stomping her feet and screaming. Yeah, I what I love about Cheryl is that she is like the sixth person on the court. <laughs> I mean, for a coach to be able to kind of walk up and down the sidelines as she pleases is hilarious to me. But that just shows how passionate she is about every detail uh, that Minnesota is a part of. Um, she expects the most from all of her players, and you can see that on the court. Um you know, she does rely heavily on her, her starting five, but she gives and instills confidence in her bench, which is why you see players like Gia Perkins and Renee Montgomery and Natasha Howard playing so well in pressure situations. And that just shows the kind of preparation that she has for her, her players as well as just being prepared. And with Brian Agler, I just think he has – he had a vision before the season even started on what he wanted to do. Um, you know, he has a team that is so athletically gifted, but he has been able to instill a system that works not just for Candace Parker, which is what we've seen for many, many years, but the system works for everybody. And that's why L.A. has been very different from the L.A. that we've seen in the past. Um, you know, Candace is going to get her points, but if she doesn't, then you've got NECA and you've got, you know, Chelsea Gray right now, and you've got all these other players who are willing to step up and not just rely on Candace to do everything. So I think that Brian has done a great job in establishing a culture for them to follow this year. And like Jane said, you know, they've all bought into that system. So both coaches are just phenomenal in what they do. They're different. They coach very different but it has got them both to the, the championship. And, Jane, this, these last couple of years have been the first time that I recall San Antonio ever being in a rebuilding mode. Talk for a second about the, the importance of the organization itself and the front office and you know, get, getting them to set the tone for the way that the team is going to be run and how they're going to go about doing their business. Is, you know, these are two teams that clearly have their organization in front office. Now when the, the Ducks are all in a row and everybody seems to be on the same page. Um, you know, I think – and are you going to speak about San Antonio a little bit? Well, please. Um, like, they're – I think with bringing in Ruth, they are starting um, 100% in the right direction. You know, she's had – played in the league. She played for multiple teams in the league. Um, she knows what it takes to win. Um, and she's really passing down that system to all the players who are coming in. You know, now with next year's a more draft pick, um, with our team being so young uh, this year, you know, really implying that to them. And kind of she was around a lot, which was really positive for us, I think. Um, you know, and starting to build the foundation of 
of, you know, in a couple of years having a, a championship team, I think. I think they've got the right pieces and they have enough uh, moves coming up that they'll be able to um, really build towards that, you know, and hopefully everyone stays healthy. That's the name of our team lately, so... Well, that would be nice. Uh, it was certainly a tough year for uh, for San Antonio in terms of injuries. I felt bad for you guys. You know, when you guys came into Connecticut that last game, you know, you didn't have any players at all left. I felt I bad, had, really I think bad. I had seven on the bench at one point in time in the year. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's yeah. definitely it's a short season, so making sure everyone's healthy um, plays a huge factor in in everything for every team. So. All right, well, let's talk, let's, let's talk for the last thing, let's talk a little bit about intangibles. You know, uh, let's talk, you know, home court is, everybody talks about, you try and win for the home court, and these teams played each other three times, and the visitor won each, all three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't believe that that will make, that the, the target center in Staples won't make it come into play this time. Uh, you know, and then of course there's the omnipresent variable. I'll ask Misty first, the referees. So, so looking at all of these variables, intangibles, do you see anything that kind of jumps out at you that's like, okay, this may steer a series one way or the other? Um, to be honest, I think you touched on it a little bit. I think the rebounding is going to be huge. Um, hustle plays, the 50-50 balls are going to be huge. Um just because I feel like a lot of these players are going to be balanced out. Uh, you know, Sylvia and NECA, you know, they may they may cancel each other out. Uh, you may cancel out, you know, some of the other the other matchups and then it's gonna go down to turnovers. It's gonna go down to I think offensive rebounds, how many points they get off of offensive rebounds. And then transition. Um, I think those are going to be the major sways, one side or the other. And then, yeah, the referees, uh, you know, I haven't been super fond of them this year. I don't think anybody has. Um, I think they've been okay in the playoffs, but I do think they are calling way too much. I don't think they're allowing the the players, the teams to play uh, without a constant whistle. So I hope that they do clean that up for the finals because no one wants to sit and watch free throws all, all series. It's going to get boring. So I know that both teams are very aggressive defensively, offensively. So I'm hoping that we can see them play and kind of let it all boil down to, like I said, the hustle plays and, and just the offensive rebounding because I think that's going to be huge. <clears throat> Jane, have you ever played in a game where there were 54 fouls called? <laughs> oh, that's a lot of fouls. I, I, I know Misty has. <laughs> you know? um, I don't know. I can say I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't think too, ma- don't think too many players have. It wasn't fun to watch either, I have to tell you. Yeah. So, yes, hopefully something will be done to keep them in check and let the players play. So on that note, Jane, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Who wins? Ooh, I'm taking a, I'm taking Minnesota in three to two, only based off, I think, uh, I think it's going to come down to who can kind of weather the storm a little bit better. I think what Missy said of, you know, the star power kind of matching and canceling out, I think it's going to come down to the players who, uh, 
a little bit more role players and have to step up and make the be the difference maker in the game and uh I have to go with my girl Perk and Howard in in that situation. So um I'm taking Minnesota in three three to two. Minnesota three to two with Gia Perkins and Natasha Howard being key roles. Okay. Misty, what's your thoughts? Gosh, that's so hard. Um <laughs> I guess I definitely think it's gonna go all five games. Um I really think it's going to depend on, to be honest, I'm not, I don't like to put this on one player, but I really feel like if Sylvia doesn't stay out of foul trouble um, in this series, it's going to be very tough for Minnesota to win. And the reason I say that is because Sylvia is strong, she's powerful, and the other posts that they have are more quick and agile. The post players that they have for LA, they have they do have more height, more power. So if she gets in foul trouble, I, I just feel like LA is going to have their way in the paint. So I'm going. I, I can't tell you which one. I just really think it's going to go five, and it's going to depend on. Oh, you got to pick one. I had to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> It was a tough one for me, and I'm sure Neck is going to be texting me and be like, really? <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I have a lot of friends on Minnesota, but I, I'm actually going to say L.A. L.A. is oh, there, ah, there we go. So now we're – that was perfect. Now we each have, we each have both sides covered, so that's great. Ladies, I want to thank you very, very much for talking to us this morning and participating in this roundtable. It's always been – a pleasure for me to watch the two of you on the court. I always love the posts that play hard and bang inside and, you know, make sure that they take no prisoners when they're out there. And you guys are two of the very, very best at that. Uh, Jane, we're going to miss you in the league. And Misty, you know, we could use you back in Connecticut. You know, we, we kind of liked it when you were here last <laughs> We will we'll see. Quick. I won't make a decision until February to decide what I want to do. Well, but I, what I do want to wish you is good luck in the uh, coaching season and good luck with Indiana, uh, and I'm sure that that's going to work out great. Jane, Thanks. best of luck in whatever you take on next. I know that we know you're going to succeed, and hopefully we'll still have you in uh, women's basketball very active and in, in a forefront position. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And the other thing I do just have to say for both of you are two of the most aware, socially aware and active people out there. And as a person that has a daughter that's 21 years old, I thank you for shedding light on the issues that you both do. And uh, I feel that that is the biggest contribution that you both have to society, not your basketball abilities. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.